Welcome to the Brand Ambassadors, your wide-angle look at the field of PR and what it means for your company. Your host is Merritt Hamilton Allen with co-host Gary Potterfield. Every firm has a compelling narrative that sets them apart from the crowd. In your company, you can use your own background and storytelling to your advantage as well as that of your business. Now, here are your hosts, Merritt Hamilton Allen and Gary Potterfield. Good morning and welcome to the first remote broadcast of the Brand Ambassadors. I am talking to you live from the Rustus Gold Coffee Shop, Antique Mall, and Guitar Shop uh, here in uh, the lovely Northeast Heights in Albuquerque. I've got a traditional macchiato made by uh, Jimmy, the manager and guitar shop owner, and I am caffeinated and invigorated, and I love my new settings. Good morning, Gary. Yeah, good morning. Yeah, I, I actually uh, did a social media post about how unfair this all is. I'm drinking a, um, I'm drinking a pot out of a Keurig. Oh. Yeah, yeah so I'm not, but, I'm not exactly, I'm not exactly passionate about it. How about that? Let me put it that way. Gosh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of stunned though. If you were at your daughter's. Yeah. Date? Well. Wow. Okay. So, so I'm not going to touch that coffee drama. Yeah, it's not that dramatic, but anyway. But anyway, let's go. So today we're branding our passion, which is not which is not a weird way of describing a tattoo. <laughs> right. So so uh, that's pretty cool. I, I, we should be doing. It's too bad we we, we couldn't uh, do this uh, like a Facebook Live or something, so we could see how cool your uh, your your Rust's Gold shop is there. I could try. But uh, I think it might uh, mess up our current broadcast. We'll have to come back. We'll do it uh, next time. Yeah, we'll do it next. We'll do it next time. So this is a uh, a great story of. Well, first of all, you know, and Gary, you're one of those people. Creative people who are honestly creative and can make stuff that looks good are just um, amazing to me. Because uh, once they get my eyebrows done, that's my creative arts for the day. Uh, I'm not uh, terribly artistic. No, and, you, no, you are. You're, you are terribly arti- artistic. That's true. You've seen my eyebrows. <laughs> um, uh, yes, ter- I am terribly. Uh, it, my, my art is terrible, so I don't try. So uh, we're going to be talking. Our guest today, and one of the partners behind Rust is Gold, is Stephen Mays, uh, and he is a musician and a artist and an artist and a set designer and an art designer and a documentary filmmaker and a motorcycle racing enthusiast and all this stuff has come together to me in uh, one of the coolest uh, coolest brands that have has hit Albuquerque and I think uh, the country in some time. It's uh, cafe racing, it's rust is gold, it's caffeine and gasoline. Well, that's what, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Now, Gary, um, are you a motorcycle guy? No, I, I, <laughs> no, I, I'm not. Uh, as close as I got was I had a really bad, uh, bad, poorly designed Vespa when I lived in Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. And believe me, I, I didn't. Inst- I didn't instill fear in those who were who were, who were driving past me uh, as I was as I was off to the side of the road. Oh, that's. Uh, you know, the, that's you know, the pedals. What the, you know, what's that? What color was the Vespa? Oh, it was red. It was actually there was like there was like you know four of us from the from the broadcast detachment from the uh, TV and radio station that had these. It's like we were like the wimpiest motorcycle gang you ever saw. There's like four of us, you know, with these little things. It looks like a motorcycle without an engine and and pedals. 
and, uh, and we're we're hauling butt about uh, 23 miles per hour down the down the road. So uh, that is closest I got to, uh, to owning a motorcycle. Although I want I wanted to. I mean, brother, my brother is a Harley guy, and uh, I always thought it was. And I read I read Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, and was like super inspired. I hated that book so much. Yeah, it was weird. It was weird. Yeah. Yeah, it was mandatory reading for one of my classes, and I just thought, you know, there's a lot, there, there's, there's a lot of other stuff you could be making me read. This is this is not doing it for me. But, you know, and but I, in some ways, I feel like um, at Vox Optima, a lot of what we've done is take your ability um, to uh, make uh, something creative and visual and apply that to our customers, no matter how. Um, non-creative or uh, uh, government-centric uh, they may be. So I don't know that digital signage is your passion, but you're certainly taking your talent. Um, and uh, I think I think that's a, an edge for us in our brand is we make a big creative difference for our customers in areas where they might think that a creative solution isn't really warranted. Well, one thing I was thinking about is that... And, 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 and it's kind of I, ever since you know throughout my Navy career and with Vox Optima is that uh, you know and uh, you, trying to find a way uh, to to get excited in, in the job every day to find something interesting to do but at the same time um, channel that towards something productive you know something that actually gets the work done and uh, and I, I think that you know it, one thing I think would be I would like to know in this in, in this episode today is and talking to Steve and um, and just this between ourselves is that uh, for those who are listening to you know how do you do that you know can you get passionate about something that actually is a uh, is is something beneficial to your company to your organization to your clients um, so I think that's, that, that's what I want to get out of this particular episode, Merritt. Yeah, and you know, maybe it's the high test um, caffeine talking, but I feel very up about this week. Um, just had a couple of really good sessions where uh, our, our, our perspective and our focus on what we call outcome-based communication, storytelling with a purpose, um, really seems to be getting some resonance with some uh, major outlets and uh, uh, large government agencies. And uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited after this week. Okay, well, you know, I, I tone it down so that when the cool stuff happens, we can be, oh, this is terrific. And, you know, and so if, if we get, you know, you know, you know how it goes. You know, we've, we've, been, we've been down the road before, Merritt, uh, where we are like super jazzed about something that's a, that, that we think is going to happen and it doesn't happen. And we're like, eh, we're all bummed out. So uh, I, I've learned to uh, uh, kind of tamp down the the, the excitement until things uh, uh, come through, although still being positive about it. So it was a, no, it was a great and week. That's say, and that's why I take Prozac. <laughs> Thank. See there. See, we keep wondering when. What are we? Who are we going to get for sponsors? You know. Right. There's Lavazza. one. So first, so we want Lavazza, uh, Lavazza, and uh, Prozac, right? There you go. Those will be our sponsors. That'd be terrific. <laughs> also, also one of the big liquor distributors like Moet Hennessy or um, uh, Heineken. We we need one of the global liquor distributors. I think. I was, uh, you know, and you're the bourbon. You're the bourbon person. Um, and I was, but I was. Uh, 
I, I wasn't aware of the uh, the bourbon. What's it now? I'm going to forget it. Uh, uh, what is it? Something Van Winkle. It's like super oh, ridiculous. Van Winkle. Yeah. 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 I was just I was just became aware of that the other day. What, that's like crazy. Like you know, multiple thousands of dollars to have a sip or something like that. I don't know where we're going on this one, but it just interests me. Well, actually, let's let's take it back to the Navy because have you had Jefferson's Ocean or have you heard of it? Uh, no. Okay, this this is a way to get people to spend eighty dollars for a bottle of bourbon, and um, the whole shtick is they put the casks at sea on a freighter ship, and so they rock back and forth with the movement of the ship, oh. and they it, it, so it's not salt air, it's nothing like that, it's just. Um, you know, being on a, 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 a freight ship and the rocking keeps more of the bourbon in consistent contact with the wood. Yeah, right. You could where they could just like have like a little you know, device there inside inside a warehouse that would just kind of shake it. But right, right. Yeah. Um, and, and and you know what? It tastes like bourbon. <laughs> See, we never know where the episodes are going to go. They kind of meander along and. And uh, and what are we talking about today? No, I'm kidding. Well, we're talking about uh, our passions. And so, I know. so we've covered we've covered a lot of mine. Um, we've um, you've also helped manage my expectations. So I'm on a high, but I'm not too high. That's good. That's good. I hear the, I hear some I hear some I hear some milk being frothed. You are no. That was actually coffee being ground and being. I can tell. I was about to say coffee being ground, but then it sounded like milk being frothed. So darn it. Yeah, all this great coffee you're not getting, Joe Keurig. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I think. I think I'm drinking Donut Shop. That's what I'm drinking. Uh, anyway. I think that's going to be my. I think that is going to be my new phrase for uh, basic, Joe Keurig. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so hey, we've got. Uh, we've got. Uh, you. Have, you know. You should talk about Steve because he, you. You've known Steve for some time, haven't you, right. Steve? Right. Right. Yeah, I've known him. Um, well, for many, many years, we went to high school together. You mean you, you, you mean you've known him for seven years? It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> um, it, it just uh, the time uh, rushes by, and you know he just still looks exactly the same. But uh, uh, Steve, Steve was also the silver high class president in uh, 1987. So you know we all we all knew he'd be doing big stuff, and. Wow. He ha he's had a musical career and a recording contracts. Uh, he has um, really become a, a leader in the growing uh, uh, establishment of the film industry here in Albuquerque. He's got numerous credits and awards uh, to his work as art director. And uh, we've been talking about uh, trying to do a, a project together, but what's really taking up his time and this doesn't get in the way of his day job. He's calling in because he's on his way. Uh, he's going to have to. Dr uh, he's driving into um, a show he's working on. You can tell us about that. But he got into cafe racing, which is a type of motorcycle thing I don't quite understand yet. But I have seen the documentary, and so he's built um, a brand around uh, cafe motorcycle racing. He has a documentary uh, coming out later this year. I've seen the uh, and I've seen the preliminary screening. It's fantastic. Rust is gold, not rust is gold, caffeine and gasoline. And the amazing part of that is the music is unbelievable, Gary. I cannot wait to get a bootleg copy of the soundtrack because every song is original and performed by uh, 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 Steve and his partners in the documentary. It's just uh, it's amazing. And then that's transitioned into the Rust is Gold brand. Which is uh, an antique, uh, an antique shop, uh, kind of a collective 
uh, a coffee shop and a guitar shop where I am today. So uh, we have a lot to talk about because one thing I've never found out from Steve is how he got into cafe racing in the first place. And that's really the start of this. And he's taken his passion for uh, cafe rocker motorcycles and uh, built several brands about it that I think are taking Albuquerque and are going to take the country by storm. So we're going to be talking with Stephen Mays of Caffeine and Gasoline and Rust is Gold right after this break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When business people think PR, they usually think spin. Good, bad, or indifferent. But spin without a strategy gets you nowhere but lighter in the wallet. At Vox Optima, our outcome-based communication is about results, not the ride. You're focused on your bottom-line goals, and so are we. From strategic planning to creative design and production, Vox Optima has experts ready to support your requirements today. Also look to Vox Optima for crisis communication, media training, and issue management. Vox Optima is a service-disabled veteran and a woman-owned business with consultants working from coast to coast. Vox Optima ties PR strategy and every last communication product to what your organization needs to be successful. At Vox Optima, you won't be spinning your wheels. You'll be getting results. Strategy, not spin. To make our results work for you, visit VoxOptima.com. That's VoxOptima.com. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K., on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to the brand ambassadors to reach our program today please call in to 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 or send an email with questions or comments to brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com now back to this week's program Welcome back to the Brand Ambassadors, broadcasting live from Rust is Gold in Albuquerque, and we're joined by uh, one of the partners in Rust is Gold, and really, I think, the branding vision behind this whole effort, Stephen Mays. Steve, thanks so much for joining us. Good morning. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm glad you're sitting over there at the coffee shop having some of that great coffee. Isn't it awesome? It is fantastic, and I'm watching uh, the the grinder going. Many, many, many psi being forced through uh, water and, and innocent coffee that didn't know what hit it, and it's just this gorgeous black elixir. And I'm a little hyped up. Can you tell? <laughs> you know, every time every time I'm there, Jimmy makes 
the perfect cup of coffee. Jimmy uh, Devaney, the barista yes. there, just what an awesome guy. He knows what he's doing, I tell you. Yes, and he let me in early and handed me a macchiato, so he's my best friend at least for the next hour. Um, but, you know, so I'm, I'm sitting I'm sitting in this gorgeous coffee shop. Um, it's just vintage um, as all get out. There's a guitar shop. It's, um, it's a collective for different um, uh, antiques uh, enthusiasts. And this all started with something I think people don't know much about, the Cafe Rocker Motorcycle. Steve, what is that and how did you get into it? Yeah, cafe racers are... Um you know, for all intents and purposes, stripped down motorcycles that were meant to emulate the early uh, Isle of Man races and the TT races in um, in the UK. And um, they kind of were quiet for, you know, most of the 70s and the 80s and then had a resurgence again. The big races were in the 60s, you know, uh, late 50s. And if you know anything about the Ace Cafe in London, it was a, uh, a location, a coffee shop where British youth would go hang out and they would get Triumphs and Nortons and BSAs and make them look like the Isle of Man TT race bikes and race from cafe to cafe. And that's where the, that's where the cafe racer concept comes from. And um, I've just always loved old vintage stuff, so motorcycles particularly, and I just, you know, kind of gravitated toward um, that style and started building those about 10, 15 years ago. Go ahead. I was going to ask if there are rules. To, are, there, are there rules? What are the rules of cafe racing, or is it just a thing you do? Well, it's really more of a culture than an actual um, a race or racing environment. The, the concept, like I said, came from these kids just stripping down their bikes, trying to get from one cafe on the interstates in in the uk when they were popping up in the early 60s they would the legend is they would put a coin in the jukebox they would take off on their bike try and hit 100 miles per hour getting to the next cafe and be back before the song ended and um there's a myth to it i'm sure i'm sure they couldn't really do it consistently but that's the legend and that's what the cafe racer um aesthetic is aspiring to be so, um, but really it was just modeling their bikes after the real race bikes that were doing the TT races on the Isle of Man, which still, so, they're still happening today. They're still, the races still happen and it's insane. They're over 200 miles an hour. It's crazy. Wow. So, um, you, you, um, uh, got the bug, presumably you got a motorcycle how did you make the transition from enthusiast to documentary filmmaker to lifestyle brand? You know, I started riding right after high school. I got a motorcycle um, when I moved to Albuquerque, and I just have always loved motorcycles. And once I started really learning the culture and the history of the British rockers and getting an appreciation for the vintage bikes, I decided, you know, I want to I build one which was about 12 years ago, and the pop culture had started to pick up on it, and there, you know, some of the bigger motorcycle brands were starting to introduce bikes similar, going a little more retro, and I ran into people here in Albuquerque that were doing the same thing, and there were some small groups, riding groups, vintage enthusiasts, the Duke City Rockers being one particularly that were a collective of, of guys and gals that 
at old vintage bikes that they were turning into cafe races, started hanging out with those guys and um, just really enjoyed it. The, the family connection that they had, the um, appreciation for the old culture, the, the love for the vintage style this really appealed to me and it was it was cool because it wasn't the mc motorcycle club um culture that you think of when you think of motorcycle clubs like hell's angels or banditos or something like that it was a different thing it was more an appreciation for the machinery and the culture and the style and i just kind of got i got sucked into it so um steve uh, uh it sounds to me like you, you, you know you you kind of fell in love with this, but I mean, as as it went along, and it looks like for everything in your career uh, or multiple careers, that it, it, you know, is it just things that just happen, or, or is there a method to the madness of how of the success you've had with this and and other things that you've done? I, you know, I'm a firm believer in you are successful at the things you love because you're doing it for the right reasons. You're not doing it because, oh, here's an opportunity. I think I'm going to try and capitalize on that to, to make money or to be popular or whatever. You know, usually in my case, especially it's just things that I love. I've just been either lucky or I put enough passion into it and enjoy what I'm doing that they've been moderately successful. You know, I, I can't say that anything I've done has been any super success. I've just enjoyed it and, whatever point is reached because I enjoy doing it is enough success for me. Motorcycles, music, you know, um, film, design, all of those things, I just love doing them. And if I can connect them all in some way, it's been successful for me. I mean, I, I don't need to be super rich in order to be, you know, happy with the things that I've created. I've been lucky enough to design some things that I think are going to outlive me. And I, I get to see them sometimes on a daily basis. And it's like, wow, I had a hand in that. It's cool. I love it. And I hope somebody else can appreciate it. And I mean, most of us, I think that's all we really want, right? It's something that sort of outlives us and kind of we make our mark and, and people enjoy it. Well, and what kills me is this whole um, uh, brand explosion uh, with cafe racing and uh, vintage. It's a hobby for you, but it's also very clearly becoming a commercial enterprise. But you're so busy, you can't even be... <laughs> Rust is gold with me. Tell tell us what you're working on right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean that is kind of the hard thing. I'm actually I'm sitting on the Santa Fe studio lot, getting ready to go over to a set or a couple of sets that we're building for the um, Roswell TV series reboot. It's um, kind of a updated version of the early '90s Roswell TV series. I don't know. Did you ever see that? Do you guys remember that? Yes. Yeah, this is um, it's a Warner Brothers. Um, it's going to be on CW. It's a remake. It's been picked up for a full season, possibly two. It's 13 episodes. And we're recreating a lot of what you, in television, would imagine downtown Roswell would look like here on the back lot. It's funny because we shot the pilot back in March, and we shot some of it in Roswell but most of it in Albuquerque, and now we're using Las Vegas, New Mexico as downtown Roswell. So that's where I'm at right now, kind of a little bit half asleep still, but <laughs> wanted to make sure I got into the show and talked to you. Yeah, it seems like uh, 
again with you it's uh you know you're doing that at the moment and then you may do you know go go to the cafe racing or or do you doing your music um uh again it, it most for most people doing any one of those things would seem like a it would seem like a life or a career and uh again it just i, I guess you're just uh, letting it flow whatever's happening happens right yeah my wife thinks i'm insane but i just I don't know. These things happen around me, and sometimes I get pulled into them for different reasons. The, the coffee shop's a good example. Um, you know, it's actually the brainchild of, of my good friend and motorcycle partner and um, business partner, Tyson Garcia, who is a Marine veteran. And, you know, he'd seen a couple of coffee shops around the country. Um, I filmed in a couple of those coffee shops that were basically, they started out as motorcycle shops, and then started adding coffee to it as people got interested and were hanging around and the concept of the motorcycle coffee shop is kind of big in a couple of cities around the country and because we both loved motorcycles so much and Tyson's story is so interesting and I included it in the documentary we started bouncing around the idea of um, trying to do something similar in Albuquerque because there's nothing like it and because Albuquerque's on Route 66, it was kind of a natural fit. You know, there's that whole retro 50s vintage culture that has a, you know, a stylistic influence in Albuquerque, and we thought it would be perfect. But, you know, he's really been the driving force behind the coffee shop, and I've kind of taken on the motorcycle side of it, and we thought we'd put this idea together and make something really cool. Yeah, it's uh, that is that is really cool, and uh, and and also the TV show is going to be cool, and uh, and uh, boy, I don't, st- I don't, do- we have so many more areas we can talk to. Hey, everybody, we're talking to we're talking to Steve Mays, uh, who uh, is uh, right now in Santa Fe working on a, a, a TV show, and he's uh, does cafe uh, racing and uh, and is a musician and all kinds of exciting things. And what you ought to do. Uh, is give us a call at 866-472-5790 to ask Steve a question uh, or just uh, make a comment to us or you can also email us at brand.ambassadors at uh, voxoptima.com We're going to be back with Steve in just a couple of minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When business people think PR, they usually think spin. Good, bad, or indifferent. But spin without a strategy gets you nowhere but lighter in the wallet. At Vox Optima, our outcome-based communication is about results, not the ride. You're focused on your bottom-line goals, and so are we. From strategic planning to creative design and production, Vox Optima has experts ready to support your requirements today. Also look to Vox Optima for crisis communication, media training, and issue management. Vox Optima is a service-disabled veteran and a woman-owned business with consultants working from coast to coast. Vox Optima ties PR strategy and every last communication product to what your organization needs to be successful. At Vox Optima, you won't be spinning your wheels. You'll be getting results. Strategy, not spin. To make our results work for you, visit VoxOptima.com. That's VoxOptima.com. Are you finding your frequency? 
It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to the brand ambassadors to reach our program today please call in to 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 or send an email with questions or comments to brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com now back to this week's program welcome back to the brand ambassadors i'm gary potterfield along with Merritt hamilton allen uh, who is the Rustin, Rustin's Gold Cafe, and uh, I'm in Houston, or north of it, and Steve Mace is uh, our guest, and he is uh, in Santa Fe at a, at a, at a you know, back lot or something, and it, so it's a, pretty, it's a pretty exciting show. Uh, hey, Steve, so we're talking, you know, branding your passion is the topic here, and, and, and it doesn't mean you have to have the answer to all the questions because you have a very unique uh, career. Um, but from your perspective, in any of the works you've done, whether it's in television or anything else, that um, you know, what do you, what do you do to sit there and say, okay, I want to do something creative, but still, you know, move forward and and, and help the the enterprise that I'm currently engaged in. Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, you know, I've been lucky that everything that I'm involved in is something that I that I really enjoy. I, I didn't have to take a career that you know I didn't that I don't enjoy and try and just make a living off of it. I, I enjoy creating visuals, you know, and whether that's logos or sets or film, I've, I've just been, I've been lucky to be able to do the things that I, that I really love. And um, I get paid to do it, which is pretty rare. So I, I, I don't know that I've got any real um, secret on how to make that happen, but I, I am a firm believer, and I know it's a cliche that, you know, if you do what you love, you're you're going to be successful at it. Well, I think there's, I think there's more to it uh, than that. And, I mean, I, I love the idea that um, this is all just an organic flow, and yeah, and Gary and Merritt were uh, drinking some brown liquor 15 years ago and thought of Bucks Optima, and look what happened to us now. But um, it's one thing to have the passion, it's another thing to follow through on it. And I think a big piece of success in brand establishment is following through and showing up. Don't you agree? Well, absolutely. I mean, everybody can come up with an idea and it just is an idea until you actually get out and put it into application. Um, but, you know, again, I mean, I think it helps that if you, if you feel strongly enough about it that it motivates you it's got to be something that you're, you know, that you love, then, then you're going to be successful with it. I, 
I was doing motorcycles, I was doing design, and I work in the film industry, so it was a natural, um, organic thing for that all to come together and be semi-successful because they sort of play off each other and, and I enjoy doing them all. So um, I think that's where I've been lucky, at least, to be able to make these things all work. So when you take any of your ideas, Steve, and, uh, and, and you want to move them forward, I mean, you know, you know, without any great detail, you know, what is the process? Do you just reach out to a buddy and say, hey, what do you think? Or, I mean, give me some ideas about how you, how you might take uh, one of your ideas forward. Like, like, the, like the cafe racing, I mean, what did you, once you had this, this, this idea came to you, what, what then? What did you, how did you move it forward? Well, if we're talking about the documentary, um, I, there goes somebody. <laughs> yeah, well, that was a, that was just some sound effects we added into the show, you know. <laughs> uh, I I did a lot of research for the documentary. You know, I knew a little bit about it. I I had an idea that um, the story would be interesting to tell, uh, mostly because I would get asked about it all the time, specifically when I was. Motorcycle or building a motorcycle, people would say, "Hey, that's kind of a unique bike. Did you? Uh, where did you get that? Where did it come from?" And I'd say, "Well, I built it. It's a cafe racer." And they'd be like, "What's a cafe racer?" So that naturally led into me explaining what it was, and you know, after of doing that, you kind of you kind of get the idea that well, maybe there's a story here to be told because most people don't know what it is, so. I did the research. I talked uh, a lot of people. I oh, and going. Sorry about the noise to our Aaron, our engineer. But talking with uh, Jimmy this morning, uh, one thing he pointed to, and other of your partners who I've met say the same thing, is that you're really the branding, the marketing guru behind this. And what experiences uh, from your career are you drawing on to um, uh, take all these different amorphous? amorphous uh, Parts and put them into a cohesive and a compelling brand. I think that, um, experience in the film industry has helped a lot. It's funny because right now I'm working on a set that's a vintage um, theater and cafe that was set in Roswell in the early 50s and part of the storyline plays out in there. So I've been able to do a lot of that in film where we do a lot of throwback and vintage looking signage or sets and I think I've used that design experience to bring into the other projects that I've worked on. Rust is Gold is a good example. Um, that was actually Tyson's uh, name of his antique business where he goes out and he collects vintage items and, and sells them online or in the shop and he needed a logo for that and he wanted something to throwback and had a you know vintage feel and but still had an authenticity to it and said what his business was so i came up with about four or five different logos and brand ideas and he was like yeah i like that one but i like a little bit of this one and so we just you know through a process of, of evolution came up with a logo that works and i think you know it becomes easily identifiable pretty quickly and that's one of the things that I personally strive to do with, with branding is create something that tells what it is immediately but is uniquely identifiable and has kind of a cool vibe to it. So I think that's how I applied it to that situation. So uh, 
Yeah, you've been at this a while. You've been at the various uh, aspects of your career for uh, for for a number of years. Um, how have things changed for your ability to move things forward? Going back to the you know the the pre-internet days, to the pre-social media days, to today. How what have you done? How have things changed for you? Yes, that's really it's it's funny because. I started out in music after high school. I played music through high school. I started a band after high school. I had a demo recording deal. I was in L.A. for a long time, and I got into design because of music. I was working in a studio, and some bands needed some flyers and posters, so I was like, yeah, well, I'll give that a shot. So I started designing flyers and posters, which then turned into a design career, and when the film industry started to pick up in New Mexico, I was able to get onto a film because of my graphic design background and started working as a graphic designer and then an art director. And that's how that whole thing has come together. But I think the, um, the flow of that is what has kept me interested in doing it all these years. And I just, you know, I really enjoy it. I think I digress from your question there. Sorry. That's okay. That's okay. Merit's back. Yeah, Merit's back. Yeah, because I was um, uh, muting. It's, it's getting really busy in here, and so I didn't want uh, the, the noise of uh, commercial business to uh, drown out our discussion of same. So um, one thing that uh, I think is uh, interesting is you keep talking about how you're drawing from your experience in the film industry. Are there some values or... Uh, uh, just uh, some. What what are some of the um, uh, realities of the film industry that make it so um, uh, open to uh, uh, to branding and establishing such strong uh, strong images? Besides the fact that it's a visual medium, but is there a work ethic or some priorities that go into making a successful film production that are carrying over into into this project? Yeah, the film industry is um, it's interesting. Uh, sorry, Gary, your question was, you know, how is like the internet and all of that changed design and stuff? And, I, and if you want, I can go back to that because my point was going to be that we were working up here in Santa Fe at the studio, and the internet went out with, you know, I think it was Verizon or somebody, but we were like shut down for a good almost a full day and. That's weird to think nowadays that, you know, we're so dependent on that technology and the ability to connect with other people in the production throughout the country that we were literally shut down. We, you know, we deal with clearances in, on film, which means that, you know, if we, if I design something or if the set buyer, the set uh, decoration department buys something and they need to put it on set, it has to go through a legal clearance process to make sure that, you know, we can use it without getting sued. We couldn't connect with our legal in L.A. to be able to clear things, so we literally lost a full day, you know, just in right. because of technology, which is strange because, you know, even 15 years ago, that wouldn't have been the case. Everything would have been very, um, very centrally located, and we just would have moved on and not had to deal with, you know, trying to connect to the Internet to upload our drawings or to clear images. It's, it's a strange world that we live in technologically right now. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, sometimes I think about uh, you know if, if someone from uh, you know thirty years ago was to look at someone today and watch what they do, they go, "What does that person do?" Uh, they sit in front of a keyboard and type a bunch of stuff. That's what they do. That's their job. Um, you know, one thing I was thinking about, and I don't know if we have time to get into it in this in this segment before the next segment, but you know, if you, for a lot of the, a lot of our listeners are, you know, they may be. Uh, you know, in a corporate world, and they have a they have a full time job. They may be working for the government. They have a full time job. But I think one of the things we're into now to, uh, today that that gives them hope to be able to uh, you know to have the ability to, to have this creative outlet and brand their passion is the fact that you know you can have what they call now a side hustle, right? You can do your you can do your day gig uh, with a, with a traditional job, um, but also still have the ability to. Uh, you know, to to do something creative and to, and to find their find their passion. So I don't know if you've seen much of that with the folks you've dealt with, but uh, that's what I what I think, and I would hope folks might take from uh, this segment. Yeah, absolutely. The film industry is really weird. We call it you know like a carnival or circus life because we get on a production for anywhere from two to five months. You know, you're working your butt off for twelve to thirteen, fourteen hours a day. But then it all packs up and goes away when it's done, and you're kind of left with, you know, uh, some downtime before the next production starts up. If you're lucky, that's within a month or two, and you get a little bit of a break to recover. But, yeah, you definitely have to fill that space with something. And I think that is probably why I appear to have so many things going on. It seems like it's crazy right now because it is. I'm working, you know, 12, 13 hours a day, you know, five to six days a week. But when that production's over, I've got all this free time that tends to get filled up with another project until, you know, the next film or TV show or something comes along. So it is crazy, but it's a different, it's a different way of living, I think, than your traditional um, go to your nine to five job. And uh, for those of us that that do this, it, it doesn't seem weird. You know, it's just what we do. Absolutely, and I managed to coincide uh, opening my mic with the coffee grinder again. Sorry about that. But, hey, you can't be remote without some uh, ambient noise. Um, We're getting ready uh, to go to our last break uh, and open our final segment. Please uh, join our show. Uh, Send us an email at brand.ambassadors at boxoptima.com with your comments or questions for Gary, Steve, or me. Uh, In our last segment, I'm going to want to talk about uh, some uh, upcoming projects and then just all the events that uh, take place in Rust is Gold and uh, the opportunities for it as just a a great um, public gathering space. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When business people think PR, they usually think spin. Good, bad, or indifferent. But spin without a strategy gets you nowhere but lighter in the wallet. At Vox Optima, our 
outcome-based communication is about results, not the ride. You're focused on your bottom line goals, and so are we. From strategic planning to creative design and production, Vox Optima has experts ready to support your requirements today. Also look to Vox Optima for crisis communication, media training, and issue management. Vox Optima is a service-disabled veteran and a woman-owned business with consultants working from coast to coast. Vox Optima ties PR strategy and every last communication product to what your organization needs to be successful. At Vox Optima, you won't be spinning your wheels. You'll be getting results. Strategy, not spin. To make our results work for you, visit VoxOptima.com. That's VoxOptima.com. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to the brand ambassadors to reach our program today please call in to 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 or send an email with questions or comments to brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com now back to this week's program Welcome back to the Brand Ambassador. It's our final segment today. We have our, uh, I'm Gary Potterfield. Uh, Merritt Hamilton Allen is at uh, Rusta's Gold Cafe. Um, you had to know that by now after uh, listening when Merritt talks. Uh, and right by the, the coffee grinder. And Steve Mace is our guest today. And uh, again, branding your passions that we're talking about. And uh, uh, jokingly on the social media prior to the segment, I was saying that, you know, Merritt uh, is going to be with Steve at the time. I thought Steve was going to be there at the uh, Rust's Gold Cafe, you know, drinking something exotic and uh, reading beat poetry or something. But um, so, Steve, tell me the kinds of things that go on at this eclectic joint called uh, the Rust's Gold Cafe. Yeah, absolutely. It's the uh, it's Rust's Gold Coffee. We have um, just lots of motorcycle themed things going on inside the shop. There's gear. There's helmets. There's gloves. Um, we attract a lot of motorcycle enthusiasts, obviously, on the weekends. But during the week, it's surprising. There's a lot of teachers, and there are neighborhood residents that like to come in because of the vibe. It's located in a building that is called the Albuquerque Collective, which is a collective of little shops that house craftsmen and women of different kinds, jewelry, uh, vintage vinyl records, that type of thing. And um, it's just a really cool little eclectic shop. So there's always um, some kind of event happening there at least two or three times a month. We have a music performance on Friday nights twice a month called uh, Americana Music Series. 
In fact, tonight there will be a performance by Jimmy Devaney, the um, barista there, who's an incredible musician, who has had uh, a couple of bands that he's toured the country with. He is uh, originally an Albuquerque native, but had moved to Austin for a number of years doing music and working in a coffee shop out there, doing it, uh, touring the country with his bands, and moved back to Albuquerque. So he's going to be performing tonight at uh, 7.30. My, my oldest daughter, which is actually... Um, She's a barista there as well at the shop. She's going to be opening for Jimmy and doing a little singer-songwriter thing, open mic. And we do that twice a month. We have other events on Sunday. Uh, every Sunday is something we call any on any Sunday, which is where any motorcycle riding group like um, the BMW guys or the uh, Triumph Albuquerque guys show up on their motorcycles and grab coffee and then go from use that as a starting point and go for a ride around the city or into the East Mountains. But um, we've got just lots of things like that going on and hoping to do some more. Barrett almost came. Sorry, there she sorry. Is. Here yeah, we there go. Yeah, the mute button is kind of sticky. I gotta uh, see if I need to uh, uh, blow dust out of it or something. But I'm really glad you got to the live music because, and then you went on and on and on. And I'm I'm totally excited to hear uh, Jimmy Devaney as well. But I thought you would never get to Ashley. Dang, because that's one one thing that I think um, uh, marks um, a lot of your enterprises is. Uh, you're able to bring uh, family and friends into it and uh, uh, grow success that way as well. And some people call that nepotism. I call that uh, uh, working with talent you know and trust. But uh, uh, what are, what's going on with uh, both of your talented girls? Give us give us a little brag on that. Uh, yeah, I obviously you know I'm a total doting dad over my daughters. I got I have two daughters, Ashley the youngest, Kaylee the oldest. There. You know, they're both incredibly talented. Kaylee will be the one performing tonight. She's a singer-songwriter. She's an actress. Uh, I don't know if you saw the Netflix series Godless, but she she was in that. She got to record with uh, T-Bone Burnett in Santa Fe a song for the soundtrack where she's, you know, the character in the opening sequence singing. And um, she does a lot of acting, but her real passion is behind the camera. She's an incredible photographer. She wants to be a DP, which I think is awesome. And my youngest is, um, she's an incredible singer. She sings as well, acts. She's been in a couple of TV shows. And I don't know, it's, it's a really cool family dynamic to have so many um, members of your family that enjoy the same thing. And you can talk about it and give some guidance and encouragement and also tell the realities of the industry. And it's cool. You know, my, my whole extended family is involved in the film industry, and I know that's totally the Hollywood cliche, you know, the nepotism thing. But my brother-in-law, my wife's brother, is, you know, he's a, he's a teamster in the film industry. He used to be a locations manager. My sister's a graphic designer in the film industry. Her husband, Rob, is a production coordinator and a UPM line producer. And, you know, we're just kind of all, we're just kind of all in it, which is kind of fun. You know, it's got to be kind of depressing. So you say that, Steve, and, and, and you know, then you know, some of the listeners are going, uh, "Yeah, that's not my family. They're, uh, you, know, you know, they can they can hardly walk in a straight line." Uh, but uh, <laughs> but uh, so what, what, wait, so uh, because you you have an in um, are at the Rust and Gold. Have you performed there? Are you going to? Or are you just giving that up? What's going on with you and your music? <laughs> That's a funny question. I was thinking about that last night. My oldest was kind of rehearsing for tonight, and I was thinking, God, I miss playing music. Um, 
I did, you know, I, I wrote one song for the soundtrack that I'll probably um, be, for the film, for Caffeine and Gasoline, that I'll be performing. But um, the majority of the, the time, I'm really so busy working on the other projects, I haven't had a chance to really truly perform anymore and I and I really do miss it. I miss getting up there and, you know, playing the guitar and singing and I don't know. Maybe maybe somewhere down the road. There's there's too many projects that need to be wrapped up right now, you know, and Merritt's been trying to get me involved in another project and hopefully we can get that off the ground sometime soon as well. Yeah, definitely we've um and I'm I'm eager to meet Tyson. Uh we uh need to get back to our uh, Vietnam veteran in New Mexico experience uh, uh, documentary project. And now that I'm no longer distracted by politics, um, hopefully we can uh, get that going uh, maybe this winter. And I just, real quick, uh, because I love bragging about other people's kids because I don't have any, and I will say the only person I know who has daughters as gorgeous and talented as Kaylee and Ashley is Gary Potterfield with Natanya and Julia. Just brag uh, a little bit on them. Oh, yeah, well... Uh how about that? What are you doing? Yeah, Nathania, who is, uh, who's been in, uh, in uh, music and acting uh, for, for since she was a little girl, um, is uh, now a big, big-time real estate person here in Houston. So she's doing really well and still continues to sing and to do those things. And you've seen her things on Facebook. And Julia's flying the world as a, uh, uh, as a flight attendant. And uh, she was... Um, um, she, she and Nathania had done some stuff together when they were when Julia was going to University of Houston. So, uh, so we'll see where those two girls continue to do their thing creatively. See, you, you, see, that's the thing. We, you know, we, those of us who have creative families, you know, we, we, are the winners. Everybody else, they, you know, what are they going to do? I was wondering. Here's what I was wondering, Steve. I was, you know, it, it, you know, right now your your documentary is, uh, you know, caffeine and gasoline. Like probably ten years from now, it would have to be something like caffeine and high capacity electric batteries or something. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. The end of the documentary, we actually go into a little bit about that. I was I was in Bonneville last year, Bonneville Salt Flats, and I was able to talk to a couple of um, the electric motorcycle builders, and it's amazing where that technology is going. And yeah, I think you're probably right. Maybe that'll be the next one. The next documentary. <laughs> it doesn't sound nearly motorcycle. as sexy, though, does it? It's not nearly <laughs> as sexy and cool. No, it's just something not not quite as uh, uh, romantic and uh, the smell of gasoline and oil. Well, I don't think it'd be fair trade caffeine and uh, high performance electric uh, electric drugs. Okay, well, actually, what I want to see as we close the show, I'm just thinking, we have uh, Natanya, we have Julia, we have uh, Kaylee, we have Ashley. Don't you think those four girls should get together with their film and musical skills and make a video? Just just throwing that out. Okay, got it, cool. Absolutely, that would be awesome. Well, um, we are winding down. Aaron has given us uh, the wind down signal, but I wanted to get a final plug for uh, four beautiful girls who uh, I, I happen to know a little bit about. And uh, they're amazing fathers who, with whom I have uh, the pleasure of talking today. And I've been working with Gary for many, many years, and I'm looking forward to uh, working with Steve. Thank you so much for joining us on the Brand Ambassadors, and thank you for Jimmy Devaney for opening uh, opening up a little early to let me in and make brewing me some beautiful caffeine. We'll talk to you all next week. Thank you for tuning in this week to the Brand Ambassadors. 
Please join Merritt Hamilton Allen and Gary Potterfield for another edition next Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.